This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart and welcome back to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. And today we're joined by Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham in London. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Johnny. Craig, we've had the latest UK jobs numbers out just a few minutes ago. Average earnings the same as last month at 5.8% and the unemployment rate just a tad higher at 3.9%. Are these figures at all compelling? They are. They're quite interesting in that the unemployment rate ticked slightly higher again. So now well, that's at 3.9%, as you said, that's up from 3.7% a couple of months ago. So I wouldn't say that's heading in the right direction because no one likes to see unemployment go higher. But if you are a Bank of England policymaker, then you may be a little bit relieved to see some slack reappearing in the labour market. The flip side of that is average earnings are still stubbornly high. Again, as you alluded to, we saw 5.8% earnings, including bonus and 6.7% excluding bonus. That's still far too high. It's not to blame necessarily for inflation now. There's lots of factors which are making inflation far too high and above 10%. But what it will do is it makes the task of getting back to 2% that much more difficult. We're not going to see 2% inflation if we're seeing 6% wage growth. That would require an enormous productivity surge, the likes of which we just haven't seen. And therefore, we're not going to see that. So we need wages to stabilize at a more sustainable level like three or four percent now that may come as we start to see more slack in the labor market so that could give the bank of england some comfort but as far as this jobs report alone is concerned i would say there's good parts and bad parts but hopefully signs at least that we are heading in the right direction even if the wages data isn't yet caught up with that but while we see inflation in uh, double figures or very close to that mark it's going to be very difficult to expect people to accept uh, lower wages than the current rate of inflation. We need the inflation rate to come down and maybe the demands might not be quite so high. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, Hugh Pill, wasn't it, who said people need to just accept that we're poor and not the best choice of words. I think what we need to see now really is, as you say, inflation coming down so that people will accept lower wage growth uh, in the years that follows. And thankfully, we will see that. Again, the Bank of England did allude to that. Inflation is expected to half this year just on the basis really of lower energy prices finally passing through to households so we've seen lower gas prices in the market lower oil prices as well food price inflation is not going to stay at 20 percent so we should see that subside as well and all of these factors should mean that as we move towards the latter part of the year that we see inflation trending much closer to five percent than where we're currently seeing and that will help the wages component of this if people are going into wage negotiations over the next 12 months and inflation is at five percent rather than 10 11 or 12 percent i think we'll see companies less willing to pay those larger wage increases and we'll see people demanding less but also what goes hand in hand with that is a little bit of looser labor markets because if there isn't a lot of people in demand for a fewer jobs then it creates a little bit more balance in terms of those wage negotiations as well so i don't think people need to accept that they're poorer but what we do need is price growth to subside considerably uh, in order for people to demand less and then we'll hopefully start to move in a more positive feedback loop compared to what we've seen over the course of the last 12 months Okay, overnight we've had some uh, data from China and the figures are quite disappointing. Yeah, they are. It's it's not uh, horrific, but we it's just missing across the board. This is China's big rebound. This is the recovery from the zero covid transition to living with covid 
this year was expected to see really strong growth and, and a real encouraging bounce back. And actually, the early months of this was really encouraging, but it just seems to have lost some steam. Retail sales grew at 18.4%. I'm sure no one will think that that is a terrible thing, up from 10.6% in March. But the markets were expecting something more like 21%. Industrial production was 5.6%. The markets were expecting around 109 And fixed asset investment, 47 Below expectations of 55 so so big misses across the board and signs, like I say, that the recovery in China is potentially starting to lose some steam. Now, the interesting thing about that is China was expected to be a source of growth for the global economy this year. We've seen economic slowdowns everywhere else. Interest rates around the world have been rising. We've seen the mini banking crisis in the US, which will lead to tighter credit conditions and could slow the economy, even to the extent that we could see a recession in the US. And China was expected to be this beacon of growth. It may just not be that we actually see that fully materialise now. Rather than saying China will achieve minimum 5% growth as per its target, what we may now see is greater calls for more stimulus, be that on the fiscal side or in terms of rate cuts in order to try and support the economy, support the property market, etc. through this transition. It got off to a great start. It is losing some steam, but I have no doubt that it will achieve those 5% growth targets. It may just need that extra helping hand. Finally, let's turn to Turkey, and it's going to go to a runoff in the election. Looks like the incumbent President Erdogan will probably win again. Is this significant for markets? It is significant for markets because President Erdogan has become synonymous in the markets with questionable uh, economic policies, too much oversight of the central bank, which means that he's been hiring and firing central bank governors in order to try and get his point across and try and find someone who will do his bidding in terms of reducing interest rates and effectively completely ignoring inflation, which is what the current central bank governor has been doing. That's had uh, devastating impacts for inflation, which which came close to, I think it was above 85%, close to 100% at one point, and is still uh, extremely high, I think 40 or 50% at this point in time. The currency is at a record low, and it fell again uh, yesterday. Turkish markets also tumbled on the news that it looked as though Erdogan was initially looked as though he was going to get that majority, but now it looks like he'll get that majority in two weeks' time during that runoff, unless we see a strong campaign from his opponents. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it looks as though we're going to head for years of more, like I say, quite questionable economic policies. The question now is how will the Turkish economy cope with this in the longer term? Because we've now had two years of it and um, like I say, the inflation component alone is extremely disturbing and I just don't think this is something that the Turkish economy can sustain for a longer period of time. Craig, thanks very much for joining us this morning. We'll speak to you again very soon. Thank you. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.